welcome to another production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Today your host is Dr. Jan Bedell. She is an educator, author, curriculum designer, and a specialist in neural development. Dr. Jan has spent 20 years encouraging, educating, and inspiring families through her company, Little Giant Steps. So, whether you have a typical, gifted, or struggling learner, these weekly Brain Coach tips will help you discover foundational keys to make learning and life easier through the neurodevelopmental approach. And now, welcome your host for today. Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's Brain Coach Tips. I'm Jan Bedell, otherwise known as the Little Giant Steps Brain Coach. I'm so glad you're here to continue the journey to learn and be encouraged and become equipped with practical information you can use each day to apply the neurodevelopmental approach to life with your family. Since the brain controls everything we do, doesn't it make sense to use the natural developmental steps God put in place to benefit each member of your family? Please share this link to the podcast with people that you know and love so they can benefit from this life-changing message as well. Today, I am excited to be able to bring to you a friend of mine, Alan Bias. Alan is a longtime friend, a pastor, and a very knowledgeable person about the neurodevelopmental approach. He's actually the president of a nonprofit called Steps of Hope that encourages people to understand about the neurodevelopmental approach. He's written a book. You got a little taste of it from the last recording that we did. And now I want to bring him in to tell more about his book. Alan, welcome. Thank you, Jan. Pleasure being here. Uh, I wrote a book entitled Walking with God in a World Gone Busy. And because we have limited time here, I sometimes I'll get up and I'll have an hour or or even a three-day seminar to break this down. But I'll just tell you a couple little examples. I was born a a month and a half, two months before Kennedy was assassinated. The Vietnam War hadn't totally, hadn't ramped up yet. In most people's houses, they had this huge radio, record player, TV combo piece of furniture in one room. And uh, one telephone in the kitchen. And if you were a teenager, you wanted a private conversation, you'd have to stretch that cord around the corner or into the pantry or something. And that was about it. You had alarm clocks, a TV, a record player, a radio, a phone. And life was lived at a much slower pace. Back then, I grew up in northern Indiana, which is Amish country. Back then, nobody said Christmas came so quick this year. Nobody said, I can't believe, you know, the school year is over again because we fully experienced every minute of every day. And so it, what, I, what I tell people is, is picture Charles Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie and he goes in and he's talking to Ned the blacksmith or whatever and Ned's working and says, hey, I saw something interesting in the Bible. And, and he shares something with him, and Charles says, man, that's really good. I, I never saw that before. Well, the next thing Charles does is he says, thank you. I'm going back to the farm, and it's like a four-hour buggy ride back to the farm with no distractions, no radio, no phone, nothing. 
where he simply can think about what it is that he's heard. And he'll actually listen to that and, and it'll fully assimilate into his being. He will remember this incredible thing that a friend shared with him and that God and the Holy Spirit made come alive to him. And life was good and rich. Now, what happens is someone can literally tell you the secret of life. And within 10 seconds, you've switched to something else. You, you've picked up your phone. You've gotten distracted. You've looked at something. You're jumping in your car. You're messing with your GPS, your radio, with, with every other device. And, and your brain doesn't have time to decide what's important information, what's not important information, and what to store where. So, for example, they did this test. They would put somebody on a harness, and they lifted them high above an airbag. So we're talking like, you know, 20, 30 feet above the ground. We're going to release you, and you're going to free fall to the airbag below. And they would say, okay... When you say go, we're going to release you and you're going to free fall to the airbag below. And so they would do that. And as soon as a person hits the airbag, they take them off and they ask them a simple question. Recall what just happened and tell us how, how long did it take you to fall? And what they found was almost without exception, people thought they were falling twice as long as they really were. And this was very interesting. Why, why would people's perception... Be that they're falling twice as long as they really are. Well, what they realize is our, our brains are processing information at a certain rate. Okay, uh, however you want to qualify that or, or, or quantify that. For, I, I'll use film as an example just because it's easier. So film, in order for you to film something and it looks like it's really moving in real time, you, you have to take 32 pictures of that per second. If you take 32 pictures per second of moving action, when you play it back, it looks like it's moving like normal. But it's really just a bunch of pictures. What they think happens is when you become hyper-aware of something, that your brain kind of overclocks, and it would be like it's taking 64 pictures per second or 128 pictures per second. Because you're really aware, you're hyper aware of what's going on. So then what happens is when you recall it, there's so much information there, your brain just naturally decides with that much information it must have taken twice as long. And that's the phenomena of being in a car crash. And then when you recall it, you say it's like everything was moving in slow motion. No, as you recall it, it's like everything's moving in slow motion. Real time, it happened instantaneously, but you were aware of every single microsecond. So as you recall it, you could say, I remember seeing this and that and a lady over in a corner wearing red and on this corner because you just noticed everything. Well, the fact is your brain works the opposite way also. Do you realize if you're laying on the couch on a random Saturday or Sunday watching football, your brain is processing less than when you're in REM sleep. Less. Wow. <laughs> your brain is more active in REM sleep than when you're just vegging on the couch and just watching some repetitive thing like a football game, thinking about nothing, observing nothing, just staring. And, and if you've ever done that, 
you can look up and it's getting dark out all of a sudden and you say, what, what happened to the day? I just sat down and it's eight hours later. It happens to me all the time. So on Sundays, I just veg out. So here's, so here's, the, the, here's the point. We should be fully participating in our own lives. We really should. We should be paying attention to our own lives and giving our own lives our undivided attention. When we're distracted, when we're half paying attention, when we're trying to multitask, we're actually not fully participating in our own lives. When we're hyper vigilant, when we're really focused on something and paying attention, not only are we fully participating in our own lives, but by way of perception, it's as if you live longer because you have more information there. You have more memories. You have more participation there. Your life ceases to just become just be a blur. If your life is just a blur, the answer isn't trying to fit more in. The answer is slow down and fully absorb and participate in that which you actually do. And the ramifications of, of the multitasking and the busyness and the distractions are even greater spiritually. What would happen if you look up one day and you feel like you're working so hard, you're trying so hard, you're doing everything you feel like God is leading you to do and God isn't supporting you at all? That would be, that would be a very hard, depressing place to find yourself. And so many people would come into my office as a pastor, they, they're in that place. And it's because they were too busy to hear God along the way. I was talking to a gentleman who knew God wanted him to go into public speaking. And he asked me to do some consulting with him by basically listening to him speak a couple of times, taking notes, and giving him my observations on how he could be better. So we're in the meeting, and I'm talking to him. And one of the things I said was, Isaac Perlman came to my high school and said, the difference between amateurs and professionals is that amateurs practice until they get it. Professionals practice until they can't miss it. It's all about practice, practice, practice. So I am telling him this story as he's looking at his phone in the middle of the meeting that he's paying me and has paid me to come and consult with him. He's looking at his phone. He looks up and says, that was good. What was that again? And so I repeat it. And he said, that was really good. And he leaves. And I'm thinking, there's no way he's going to ever remember that. And sure enough, about 15 minutes later, he calls me. He's in the car with his wife. I hear the radio in the background. I hear her in the background. And he says, what was that quote again? And I repeated the Isaac Perlman quote again. He goes, yeah, yeah, that was great. I wanted to tell my wife, and he hangs up. There is no chance he's going to remember that quote, and there's no chance he's actually going to let that, uh, he's going to internalize that and let that become a part of who he is. If he would have just put his phone down in the meeting, wrote it down with his hand so he's reinforcing he's listening he's looking he's writing and then if he would have gone to his car and just sat there for 30 seconds before he did anything else he probably would have gotten it and that's what god was trying to tell him god was trying to tell him practice 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 
You're not preparing well enough. But he's not going to get it, and he's not going to remember that he was actually told the right thing. And so he runs the risk of looking up at some point and saying, God, you told me to go into this, and, and, and it's not working, and, and, and I've been praying, and I've been paying consultants, and nothing's working, and you're not giving me anything. And he's frustrated, and he starts to doubt God. And the fact is, God gave him every answer. He was just too busy multitasking and distracted to actually internalize them and receive them. And so anyway, I could go on for, like I say, days if you would like, but that's that's where I feel like the Lord's telling me right now in terms of my book, Walking with God in the World Gone Busy. So the book really can be so life-changing. It has been for me, where I go through life actually looking for places where God would be talking to me. This is a, a real different place than where I was before. I was uh, introduced to the book. But you know what I was thinking? One of the reasons I wanted to have you here is that we all go through trouble. You know, and God has answers for us. But when you have a child that's struggling, it just seems to magnify. So for those parents that have children with learning challenges, it's just really hard, but God has answers. You know, maybe some of the answers are through these podcasts. That's my prayer. But if they get the book, what what can they expect from from the book? Well, I've talked to uh, many ladies who who are they're faced with the challenge of a struggling child at any age, and my counsel to them is once again to simplify. And slow down. Burnout is something that can very easily happen where you're just done. You feel terrible about it, but the fact is you're just done. And so, you know, you grow up multitasking and checking your Facebook and your email and text messaging, and then you're a young lady and you find a young man and you get married, you're a young married couple, and you're doing this distracted multitasking life, and then all of a sudden you have a child who needs your undivided attention. They need all of you when they have you. And so you but you're in the habit of trying to multitask and, and then you start to really frustrate yourself and the child gets frustrated and it's inefficient. So I always say, okay, just slow down. If if you have a half an hour for lunch, let's say, let's say you're you're a homeschool parent, for example, let's say. And so you have your schedule with your child and your child's a struggling learner. But you have a half an hour for lunch for yourself. So you, you find some activity your child can do um, for a half an hour so you, you have your time. This is, what it's, this is what I say. If you want to check your email, if you want to talk to your mother, and you want to eat a turkey sandwich, don't take that half an hour eating a turkey sandwich while you're on the phone with your mother and reading through your email. That gets you caught up in what I call the big gray swirl of just busyness, distractions. You're not going to remember any of those three things. What's a much better option is take 10 minutes to check your email. That's it. Your email gets your undivided attention for 10 minutes. Then get on the phone with your mom and say, I only have 10 minutes. But for those 10 minutes, you get all of me. You get my 100% undivided attention. You get all of me. And your mother deserves that. And you deserve that to, to really get all of your mother. And then take 10 minutes to just have a turkey sandwich. Well, you're not doing anything else. You're giving God 10 minutes 
You're giving God an opportunity in those 10 minutes to speak to you about what's happened in the first half of your day, to speak to you about what's happened in the second half of the day, and you're just decompressing for 10 minutes, simply enjoying a turkey sandwich. And so when your husband comes home, says, how was your day, honey? You may actually find yourself saying, you know what, honey, that Costco turkey is the best turkey ever. I had the best sandwich ever today. And you feel relaxed and calm. And so, yes, then when your lunch is over and you've done 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes and actually participated in your own life and you're actually going to remember what your mother said and you were really efficient with your emails, you really enjoyed your turkey sandwich rather than it all just smearing together, then you can give your son your undivided attention again. Everything we do deserves our undivided attention no matter how short or quick the task is. That is really good advice. I just want to encourage everyone to look on the littlegiantsteps.com store for this book. That's where you can buy it. And the proceeds, you want to tell them where the yeah, proceeds are? Yeah, 100% of the proceeds for Walking with God in a World Gone Busy that you can buy on Little Giant Steps goes to a nonprofit organization called Steps of Hope. Steps of Hope is to create awareness of the neurodevelopmental life and the neurodevelopmental approach. It's to help parents with struggling learners. It's to help certify uh, neurodevelopmentalists so, so you can know the ones that are certified and have had the training and the skills that you can really go to and find in your area and trust. And so if you buy the book, not only do I believe it'll change your life and you'll be blessed, but 100% of the proceeds will help uh, advance the neurodevelopmental cause. Well, Alan, I'm so thankful that you were here today. I just hope everyone was inspired to get this message because it really can change your life. One thing I thought about in the book that I was really impressed with is there is a Bible study at the end that helps you integrate all of this message through the inspiration of the Word of God that brought this whole book about. So I just want to encourage everyone, littlegiantsteps.com, get, get the book, Walking with God in a World Gone Busy. Do you have any final words for us, Alan? Yeah, real quick, I just feel impressed to say right now that I believe there are people listening to this who have been praying for answers in their marriage. And I think this is definitely something that has helped many marriages because, you know, you may not be able to spend a lot of time when you have the kids and everything's going on and stuff like that together. But I just guarantee you, if the little time you could find could be actually your full complete undivided attention your marriage will start to improve and men when your wife is talking if you can just give her your undivided attention and listen you're going to be amazed at what happens and so yeah i don't know why i just felt like uh, really emphasizing that that i think there's some marriages out there that need to benefit from walking with god in a world gone busy well it definitely can affect all different aspects of your life so thank you for that encouragement my prayer is that this information encourages you to stay tuned to the ultimate homeschool radio network for more of these kinds of inspirations and brain training tips to make life and learning easier next week we'll talk more about the different aspects of dyslexia so stay tuned for that
For now, it's the Brain Coach signing off and reminding you that the neurodevelopmental approach is a dynamic approach to life. So think differently. The solution is not in the problem. Thank you for your time and attention. We hope and pray you'll return next week for another session with Dr. Jan Bedell, the Brain Coach. The ND Approach for Life is a proven program to increase learning performance naturally. Little Giant Steps is there for you. If you have questions for the Brain Coach to incorporate the skills and techniques taught in our podcast, please email cj at littlegiantsteps.com. That's C as in cat, J as in joy, at littlegiantsteps, all one word, dot com. So until next time, may the good Lord bless and keep you. Thank you.